Hey guys, welcome again to another episode of YSDA. into why we are Seventh-day Adventists, why Seventh-day Adventists are Seventh-day Adventists, and why it matters. Mm. And today I'm joined with my brother in Christ, but also my biological brother, so it's a double blessing. Welcome, Roderick, to the show. Yeah, it's really a blessing to be here. I can't wait to hear the reason why you're Seventh-day Adventist. So maybe let's begin with that. Why are you Seventh-day Adventist? Well, um... There are many reasons why, mm. um, besides like the prophetic nature of mm-hmm. this movement yeah. and how it's so closely, uh, like clearly spoken of in the Bible. Mm-hmm. One of the main reasons why I'm Seventh-day Adventist is righteousness by faith. Righteousness by faith. Yeah. What is that exactly? Well, like simply put, it's... Um, believing that Jesus Christ can actually give us victory over sin in this life Hmm. and that through faith we can be victorious over sin. And, you know, a verse that really speaks of it clearly is in um, Titus chapter 2, verses 12, where it says that um, for the grace of God Mm -hmm. hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly and righteously in this present world. So you're saying it's possible to live soberly and righteously in this crooked world, as some verses say in the Bible. Yeah, and um, of course, some churches and some other um, movements do mm-hmm. kind of touch on this part of the gospel, yeah. uh, which I would say is the main gospel. Like that's the whole point of the gospel, right? To save mm-hmm. us from sin. Right. But in this movement... The mm-hmm. interpretation of the gospel and scripture is so clearly put, mm. so well connected that it comes together to make sense, to actually make an impact mm. in someone's life. You know, personally, although I was born in the Seventh-day Adventist home and setting and background, right. I was not always into it. There was a time in my life where I was out of it. Mm. And one of the main things that brought me back to Christ was this very message of Mm -hmm. righteousness by faith. And the point that, you know, Christ can actually transform you and me fully Mm -hmm. and make us holy like he is. Right, right. That's that's powerful to me. It is. It is powerful. And I, I do relate with that because, I mean, that 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 power is just so amazing the power to turn someone that was you know mm. one way into the other way like complete opposites right now is this more like a seventh day adventist teaching or where do we find this in the bible well um first place you go is in revelation chapter 14 verses 12 that sounds like the last place in the Bible. Yeah, but, uh, but it, is, it is the first place because it's speaking of the last days mm. that we're living in. And we, we all know, like, 
throughout all Christian, like um, in Christianity, that Revelation is an apocalyptic book. So it's right. speaking of the last days. Yes. And one of the characteristics given to the last day people mm. is that they keep the commandments of God mm. and they have the faith of Jesus. Where, where is that found? Revelation chapter 14, uh, verses 12. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very clear in the keeping the commandments of God that there is some sort of victory over sin, yeah, right? Yeah. Because sin is the transgression of the law. Mm-hmm. But then it also points out that keeping the law is not possible without the faith of mm. Jesus. And so it's this combination of righteousness by faith. And especially when we're reading um, the books of Paul, yeah. Right. In Galatians, in Romans, he mm-hmm. speaks a lot about uh, righteousness by faith. You know, the just shall live by faith and live by faith. Yeah. Yeah. And in Christianity, mm-hmm. these passages, these, these these points in the Bible, are not descri- are not like clearly interpreted as mm-hmm. they should, and because of that, the gospel is not fully. Like experience. experienced in mm. its full power. Um, and yeah, I believe in this movement, that point is clearly laid out. Mm. When, Paul, when Paul speaks of righteousness by faith, what it truly and fully means. Mm. I, keep, I keep hearing you using the word this movement. Why, why are you calling Seventh-day Adventist a movement as opposed to, let's say, an organization or a church? Well, I, I, I'm not at all uh, refraining from using oh, the okay. word church. Um, it's just that I'm more used to a movement. But the reason why I'd like to see it more of a, a movement is mm-hmm. because it's it, it's on the move. Okay, I love right? that. Um, and I know we'll get back to this point, uh, hopefully in, in an even clearer manner. But going back to Revelation chapter 14, where we see these last day people mm-hmm. uh, having the faith of Jesus, keeping the commandments of God, mm-hmm. there's something spoken of there, these three angels flying, Mm. right, and preaching the word of God. And we know, right, not just um, the Seventh-day Adventist church, but also if you go back uh, to the Reformers, right, these messages Mm -hmm. are to be given by us. It's not literal uh, angels that are going to fly around the uh, the earth, Mm. right? It's us who preach this. So angels are symbolic. Are symbolic. Yeah, so... The whole point that, uh, that I want to say is it's a movement. They are mm. flying. They're on the mm. move to every kindred, nation, and tongue. And so wow. that's, that's how I, I like to think of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I never thought of it like that, like movement. I thought <clears throat> movement. So they're on the move, <laughs> yep. flying in the midst of heaven. That's powerful. Mm. That, that brings a certain clarity to this. That's amazing. So... You said it's in the Bible. You said the last church, uh, you know, according to Revelation chapter 14, 12, right? Mm. Here are they that, you know, he's the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. It looks like the two go together, right? Very much so. And I think we saw in our first episode, we saw that um, the last church is characterized by two main things. So Revelation twelve seventeen says, and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the 
testimony mm. of Jesus Christ. So do you see any relationship between the testimony of Jesus Christ mm. and the faith of Jesus? Not on the surface one wouldn't see, but when we think of testimony, right. really, mm-hmm. it's witnessing. It's actually being a witness of something. Right. And these people in the last days, mm-hmm. having a testimony of Jesus, mm-hmm. it means that they must stand to be a witness of mm-hmm. something. Okay. Right? And I, I like how um, Jesus Christ, when he was speaking to the uh, Pharisees, he said, I'm mm-hmm. not the one who bears witness of myself. The Father bears witness of me, and I bear witness of the Father. Right. And what Jesus Christ was speaking of here, he was speaking of him standing to vindicate the character of the father. Right. So if you are, for example, you witnessed something mm-hmm. and you're called to testify of it, mm-hmm. you speak of either how good it is, right? Or how bad it or is. Or how bad it is. And Jesus Christ, being the one who had only begotten the father, who had only rather uh, seen, seen, the, the father. seen the father, right? came to this world and he bore a testimony of who the father is right by revealing him in his character and the last day people people in the last days this church right and that's why I like to use more of the word movement right because right. it, it encompasses like throughout the whole world right mm. this movement people in this movement will be bearing a testimony for Jesus Christ. Mm. And that testimony is not only by preaching this word mm-hmm. and sharing it, but also their character. Their character. Will, will, will prove that indeed Jesus Christ has power over sin mm. and he has given us that victory. The word testimony of Jesus is very important if we understand what exactly is Jesus testifying to us about, mm. Right. And so he's having a conversation with Nicodemus, a learned man. One would say a leader of Israel, really. Mm. And yet somehow there's something he doesn't understand about the kingdom of God. I mean, I, I, would, I would love to summarize that perhaps Nicodemus did not understand righteousness by faith. Okay. Because that's the main thing that Jesus is bringing to the table here. Right? And so if you read verse 11... And in verse 10, Jesus wonders and says, Are thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? In verse 11, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know mm. and testify that we have seen mm-hmm. and ye receive not our witness. Mm. What witness, witness did Jesus bring on earth? Well, if you continue, he says, If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And then he speaks how, you know, no man hath ascended except uh, to the Father except him because he has a, an intimate relationship with, with God the Father. But he's the real testimony that if you believe in him, you should not perish. And that's how we end up with John 3.16. Mm. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Mm. And here's the simplicity of the gospel. If we just drop down to verse 18, he that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not in him 
He that believes not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And you want to connect this with, uh, I believe it's found in the last uh, first John or second John, I'm not quite sure, but it says there are three that bear witness mm. in heaven. Mm-hmm. And it speaks of how God, they all bear witness. And the actual witness they bear is that in the Son there is life. And if you don't have the Son, you don't have life. That is what righteousness by faith is, believing on him. Mm. The first instance, at least written word of righteousness by faith is the story of Abraham. Mm. Abraham believed God and it was counted him righteousness. Mm. So righteousness by faith is is primarily a righteousness that's counted on you, Mm. not because of what you've done. But because of what you have believed. Yeah, and that is a very, very crucial point that um, marks a very distinct uh, separation between the Seventh-day Adventist movement Mm -hmm. and the rest of Christendom in in general. And that is that, I'll I'll give you this, I'll give this analogy. Okay. You have uh, Noah, Mm. right, who was called by God yeah. To proclaim a very specific message mm-hmm. because judgment was about to come to the world. Yeah. Right? And we are told in Hebrews, right, chapter 11, I believe, verses 7, mm. that Noah moved with fear, mm. with, God, he, he, with godly fear. Godly fear. And he built an ark mm. and he became an heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Now, that is very crucial to understand the word heir, because when you become an heir of something, it is not naturally yours. You don't own it. Wow. Right? So It's granted the, to you. It's granted to you. So this righteousness by faith is granted. This righteousness is granted to us by faith. Mm. Now, another important part is just like Noah, right, mm-hmm. was so will it be also in the last days. That's Jesus Christ himself who said it, Mm -hmm. that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be before the coming of the Son of Man. Now, it means just like God had a people then, which was the family of Noah, Mm -hmm. right, to preach a very specific message, to warn people. And to live according to it. Yeah, and to live according to it, Mm -hmm. there will also be a people in the last days before Jesus Christ comes to preach a very specific message and mm-hmm. to warn the world. Now, the message that Jesus Christ speaks of, he says that in this gospel, a very spe- mm. specific, mm-hmm. and the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world, and then shall the coming, and then the, the, the end of the world will be. So right. it's very clear when you look at Revelation chapter 14 that it's speaking of the same gospel. Yes. The same place where we read that the last people in the last days live according to the command of, commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Mm. So the point I want to lay out is this, that we as the Seventh-day Adventist movement mm-hmm. have a specific message to the world. Right. And it's the three angels' messages. Mm-hmm. The, these, these messages that we, we are told three angels go carrying throughout the world, and we, we already saw that earlier that it's not literal angels. It's actually us who are supposed to preach these messages. Mm. And 
the last message is very specific mm. because it says that judgment mm-hmm. has like is coming to Babylon. Mm. Now Babylon simply means confusion. So right. the world confusion judgment is coming to this world, mm-hmm. right? And everything will be is go, is about to be destroyed. Jesus Christ is coming soon. And it says that whosoever worship, worships mm. the beast and his image, right? Mm-hmm. False worship. Yeah. Whosoever doesn't worship God truly is going to, he's going to be blotted out of the Lamb's book of life. Mm. And he's going to burn in the lake of fire. Mm. Now, it is at that crucial point that mm. righteousness by faith becomes very, very important. Mm. How because... So? We know worshiping God means keeping his commandments, mm-hmm. right? In vain, in vain, they what? They worship me. Teaching? For doctrines, the traditions of men. The, yeah, the, in, 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 uh, in my version, it even says commandments of oh, men. So right. it means when you're worshiping God, you have to be keeping his, his commandments. commandments. If you say you know God and keeps not his commandments, you're a liar. You are That's a what liar. The says. Mm. So it must mean then, Mm-hmm. That God in these last days mm-hmm. will have a people mm-hmm. who are going to be faithful to him, who are right. going to be busy preaching this word to bring souls to the light so that they are saved and who are going mm-hmm. to have an experience of true victory over sin. True victory over sin. And that that is a message that truly sets this movement apart. Right. And it, it makes this movement a movement that's mission-oriented to bring mm-hmm. souls to Christ because Jesus Christ is coming soon. Amen. Amen. That, that's powerful. Back to, to um, testimony. Mm. You spoke of Matthew 24, 14, I believe. Mm. And this gospel shall be preached to all the world for a witness. It says for a witness. For a witness. What does that mean exactly? So God, Jesus have testified, mm. but we also have to testify. We must. And and so I don't believe that the proclamation of the gospel is enough to bring the world to an end. Mm. It has to be proclaimed for a witness. And if we read Acts 1 verse 8, kind of gives us an insight into what Jesus is talking about because it says, and you shall receive power mm-hmm. when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses, witnesses. Okay. unto me, right? Why does it require power and not internet hmm. to be a witness? Because we can live stream the gospel, mm-hmm. right? We can broadcast the gospel, but for the gospel to be for a witness, it needs the Holy Spirit. Because the real gospel is not the words we are saying. It's the life we are living. Because mm. think about it. What are the words for? The words are to be heard by someone and applied. So imagine if there's a gospel preached in the world that nobody practiced. Jesus. What would that be for? Right? And so... I think you make a good a good point that in the last days God is looking for people uh, who can stand true to Him, right, uh, before the end 
comes. Now, I have a question for you then. Mm. Why does God have to have, you know, like, I guess, very perfect people at the end of time? Why, do, why, why is he raising this standard, if, if you like? Well, I, I wouldn't say he's raising the standard at all. I would okay. say the standard was always there. Always there. Always but now there. it has to be fulfilled. Yeah, and when we look in the past, it yeah. was also fulfilled. Mm. You know, one of the things we... Um, and this is, this is what I love about um, this movement yeah. and the way of understanding Scripture because it points out that the work of Christ... Mm-hmm. There's no other denominations maybe try, mm-hmm. but the way this word is studied in this movement shows that the work of Christ began from mm-hmm. the point our first parents sinned, even till eternity, that Jesus Christ, you know, is our redeemer and he ever seeks to lift us up mm-hmm. from a sinful state right. to elevate us and ennoble us to actually live and be like him. And, you know, so in, uh, in Daniel chapter 12, we're told that Michael mm. will stand up. Yeah. Speaking of Jesus Christ um, coming to judge the world, mm. right? And it, it says something interesting. It says that many mm. will be tried and purified. Yeah. Right? And that, that is a promise there that mm. in the last days, God is going to have a people whole stand faithful to so him. so then it's it's unique to the last days then and my question is why is that because i read also in mm. in revelation chapter 18 it speaks of a time when the mystery of god should be finished mm. at the sound of the last i think seventh seal if not the sixth the, seal that that is interesting that you bring the mystery of god up because in um I believe Colossians chapter 1, 28, mm. it says that this is the mystery that has been hid from generations and mm. it is now revealed to the Gentiles, which is what? Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So yeah. that means this mystery being finished is the work of Christ in transforming our hearts and minds mm. to actually be like him. Because um, the, the, the whole point is Jesus Christ saving us from sin yeah. and freeing us from Satan. So the work doesn't just end at Jesus Christ justifying us and saying that, you know, you're forgiven. I'm giving you a fresh new, you know, new life, new mm. creature. From there, there must be a race, a journey to actually be transformed and renewed by him so that we can be like Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, the main thing that makes this powerful to me is how this gospel is so connected together mm-hmm. to just highlight that fact. You know, from Genesis to Revelation, how this gospel is explained, it's in a very clear and connected way that just highlights this point that actually Jesus Christ loves us so much Mm. and he wants to save us from sin. And there's nowhere else where it's so clearly presented as in this last day movement. Yes, and that's very unique. Actually, the verse about the mystery of God being finished mm. 
coincidentally is found in Revelation 10, hmm. where we find this movement, right? Hmm. So verse 7 says, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. So it looks like it's something that has been prophesied as well. Mm. And you did mention uh, Daniel 12, speaking of those who will be purified. Mm. So my question then is, why should the mystery of God be finished? It sounds like a weird question, but maybe give us context, right? If if this doesn't happen, what happens? What's at stake here? You know, like that—that that is, I, I love those questions because those questions other movements cannot answer mm. in a very clear and connected manner. Mm. And what I mean is the questions of why. Right. You know, uh, why did Jesus do this? Why did it happen that way? Mm. And this movement has just come to highlight in every act of God, how it's all moved by one principle, and that's God's love for us. Amen. And so when we, when we ask ourselves, like, why does the mystery of God have to be finished mm-hmm. before Jesus Christ comes back? Mm. Well, a very, a very good analogy to use yeah. um, is the analogy of Elijah, for example. Mm-hmm. Right? A prophet in, in, in the... In the in the past, right, yeah. who was called to preach the gospel, like we are called as the last day movement as well. Right. And there was opposition. He faced all of that trial, and mm-hmm. all of that helped to purify him, like we read in Daniel chapter 12. Yeah. Right? The interesting thing is he was translated to heaven. Right. Now, I want us to be clear and understand that being translated to heaven mm-hmm. There's one thing you carry with you. Okay. And that's your character. Right. So who you are. Who you are. Okay. And it's very crucial to understand that because... So when are you we... saying, let's say I die mm-hmm. and resurrect mm-hmm. in the first resurrection, mm-hmm. you are saying that Jesus won't give me new, new characters, let's say, new behavior. That would be against his character. So the, the way I die is the way I rise, mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Yeah, because... Him giving you new behavior, it will be totally against his character because that would be manipulation, the very thing. He, you know, he could have made us robots in the first place. Mm, Do you th- see? That, that's a good point you mentioned because I also ask if, if Jesus has to give us new natures when we resurrect, mm. then what's the point of us going through this, this whole, whole life? Right? Mm-hmm. Why can't he just recreate us with the new characters? So there's something that we're doing here that's eternal. That is eternal. And that's the fact that from the very beginning, you and I are created by God, Mm. you know, as free. Mm. We have a part to play in our destiny and God very much respects that. Mm. And so he he gives us that freedom to actually choose whether to cooperate with him on molding our characters to Mm -hmm. be like him or we can yield, whether knowingly or unknowingly, to Satan, who mm-hmm. is going to try to deface the character of God from us. And create in us his own His character. own character. So it's, it's very important to understand that when we are translated into heaven, mm. there's no change of character. Wow. That would be against love. Love will not come and manipulate you and transform you into some... You know, it's, it, God does not bewitch in, in certain, you know, witchcraft practices, someone right. might like, 
you know make you love someone else mm. who you don't even you, you you know what I'm talking about yeah. make you do this you know change your mind just tweak it in someone god doesn't do that he respects our he respects our freedom of choice so going back to answering the question why the mystery of godliness has to be finished it's because god has to have a people who are ready for translation mm. and not only that we have to understand that this is a very hot and climatic event mm. right it's a climax of this controversy and again great controversy right few few very few even in christendom like mm. denominations actually churches that grasp, gr- grasp these themes and that, mm. that, that that's what i'm trying to highlight here right in this movement the themes of the bible that bring it to life mm. and impactful to any soul mm. are brought to life wow. you know i can hear someone say uh jesus died on the cross to you know to he he removed the law he did all of these things yes i, I might be happy have mm. an like a, a superficial outward experience mm. right and you know i've been watched by the holy spirit and everything like that and whoever is watching i'm not at all like undermining uh such experiences mm-hmm. but i'm saying like the gospel has to come to life mm-hmm. and actually change me right and there is no other movement that depicts and brings these truths so much together mm-hmm. as this movement does wow i think i think we can end here for now cuz that's that's a mouthful and I love how it connects as well and righteousness righteousness by faith is is one of those things that's very important like mm. we saw that they ha- they keep the commandments of God mm. but they also have something unique they mm. don't keep the commandments by their own power but because they believe in Jesus Christ yeah and but before we end mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to take things a little bit before we end right right um when we think of Christianity in general Yeah. This modern Protestant I'm I'm mainly speaking of Protestant uh, Protestantism, mm-hmm. right? In, in in Christianity. Yeah. We know things started during the Reformation. Mm-hmm. Right? Um and all of these churches sprang up, mm-hmm. right? From different reformers, the Lutherans, the Baptists, the mm-hmm. Methodists, all yeah. of these, you know, from Martin Luther Calvin. Mm. You know, you have many of these reformers and one of the main things they they did as they brought these, you know, new new light. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like it was new light because they'll read the scripture led by the spirit of God and actually see, wow, we've been doing, doing this wrong. doing this wrong for all this time mm-hmm. and they'll face persecution, opposition and so on. But the whole point is when they gained a movement, they would always say that this is not all the light mm. that we have yet more to uncover from god's word mm. and going down throughout history mm. you had things like the bible sola scriptura by martin luther uh christ and christ alone mm-hmm. but then you you still had some like uh missing pieces missing pieces and even some erroneous Mm. uh doctrines that these people believed right. such as predestination mm. and so on but as you went down in history mm-hmm. these truths started coming together right and it's really interesting that 
moving moving from like different places like um because there's reformers were on the move right mainly the action was happening in europe but when things came to america Mm. you had these different churches these different people coming here and it's almost like they started settling in mm. their respective churches because there was no persecution anymore right? there was no persecution there was no like that fire to go and uncover more mm. right and it was just after those years after 1798 you know that's the time america like the people came uh the first pilgrims as they call them right. came into america you know it was after like a century then that 1844 happened Mm-hmm. the great disappointment right right and it's really interesting that it was after then it's almost like god was sifting <laughs> you know sifting the people who actually didn't want to study these truths and understand mm. them right and it, hopefully the viewers understand do i need to explain what 1844 is no we did cover a bit okay, about that, that, that that's in the that, summary that's that's <laughs> better so i just want to lay out these this principle that truth mm-hmm. connects truth connects and that. that is very very crucial in understanding truths you like in many okay for example even let, let's even jump out of christianity right. and just look at world views in general mm. right uh, there's different religions and uh let's say atheism whatever it is you always find that in some way mm. there is like a context in reality where this worldview this this thinking does not align with reality right but till today mm-hmm. never like this the these the, the the doctrines and the teachings taught in mm-hmm. this movement mm-hmm. right the, the 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 way of understanding the bible yeah. has been brought to challenge has been challenged multiple and many times mm. i've been i've even challenged them myself mm. but it stands the test it stands the test it explains everything right mm-hmm. from beginning before even the world was created to the ending a whole story that makes a beautiful picture and yeah. gives us hope that actually Jesus Christ our and our heavenly father love us mm-hmm. you know as the three they are working on a full-time mission to save you and me Amen. and that's powerful mm-hmm. and that can actually change and impact a life today. Amen. Amen. You know, you make a beautiful point that over the centuries the the reformers themselves never thought to be um the know-it-alls, mm. right? They they still said this is just a piece of the puzzle. Mm. Because truth truth transcends text and yep. but books, right? Truth is a person. Mm. And so Jesus Christ to receive him in, in his fullness would take eternity even because yeah. there are things we do not understand. And so just to our viewers, um, I would say always have an open mind when it comes to scripture. Never think you know everything, even mm. within Seventh-day Adventism. Yeah, it's, it's never important. reach a point where you think I know everything mm. and I cannot change my position, let's say. Mm. Always, always be ready to learn. Because when you have a teachable spirit, that's when you can connect with God. Mm-hmm. But if you think you have everything you need, that is the beginning of pride and it doesn't end well. All right. Thank you very much for watching. 
I was really blessed by this, asked a lot of questions, but I learned a lot and hopefully you did. And like and subscribe if you found this to be a blessing, share it, um, whether you're listening uh, to it as a podcast or video. Um, I really hope you're blessed by this and see you next time as we uncover more of what it means to be a Seventh-day Adventist and just why. Why, right. Yeah.